good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This, uh, you know, we talk about Native issues, and as you know, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. I just want to say uh, today's uh, show, this uh, episode is... uh, of Native Ritz Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count and uh, Barb. We've always had a lot of fun and a lot of knowledge. I want to just welcome you, Barb. Uh, and Barb is the CEO of Indigenous Visioning and, and uh, All Relations Rise. And we talk uh, good things about what's going on in education and what you're working with. So again, uh, welcome, Barb. Long time no see, it seems like. I can't hear you for some reason here, and I'm wondering, hmm, Zoe, can you hear? I cannot. Oh, we were just talking before the show. How how weird is that? Well, um, it's hard to, it's hard to do like, um, uh, we're on the radio, so it's hard to do hand puppets and stuff like that. But why don't we uh, jump with uh, jump in with uh, uh, Barb's guest until Barb just uh, maybe leave and come. Well, it seems like looking down here, you are muted. Uh, do you want to try and unmute yourself? Yeah, maybe maybe just leave and come right back, and uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, League, can you hear me? I sure can. Oh, wow, we can hear you too. That's awesome. Say, why don't you introduce yourself here to our audience all over and uh, talk about uh, what you got going on with early childhood education from where you're at. So, uh, um, Barb, can you say something? No, Barb's not. No. So, uh, Lee, uh, do you mind uh, introducing yourself? <laughs> sure. You bet. Uh, Good evening, everyone. I'm joining you from Pablo, Montana, on the great lands of the Salish and Kootenai people in Kalispell. Um, My name is Leanne Corville, and I'm a a member of this tribe, and um, my grandmother's from the Turtle Mountains in North Dakota. And I'm speaking to you guys tonight from Salish Kootenai College in Pablo, and we're going to talk a little bit about our early childhood program here at SKC and the um, lab school that we have on campus and and some of the challenges that parents across Indian country, I think are facing similar to us and um, some of the unique perspectives of our, of our peoples. Wow. Hey, um, I got a couple questions and one of them, I I, want to bring this up and we bring this up a lot, but I want you to, uh, tell our audience why early education is so important and how does it set up our, our children and our our young ones uh, to be successful adults? Absolutely. The, the passion of my work. So when we, when we talk about early childhood, we're really talking about um, setting up a person, the foundation and the trajectory of their, of their lifetime. Um, so much of the brain structure is built in early childhood that um, impacts that child's health, their cognition, their language, their, their sense of self, their social emotional, um, their, their ability to make relationships and have healthy relationships. And, and that all begins um, in the beginnings, you know, in that early childhood birth, even in utero. Um, birth to eight period. It's a really special time that um, we have to really set a trajectory for a person's life and and also really invest in our communities and um, 
and for our country really because we're we're helping those those people become strong and ready to take on what's ahead of them right hey you've been doing this for 20 years in both in both montana and alaska and now you're you know at the flathead reservation what what can you tell us about early childhood uh education department and what is the difference what is different than any other programs that uh, you've worked with okay sure so um here at skc the salish kootenai college we in the early childhood department we were lucky we have um an associate to bachelor's um, early childhood degree we also have what's called a p3 degree which would prepare teachers to teach preschool to third grade and opt to get um, licensing through the state of Montana for a, a teaching certificate. Um, and recently we've also included, we've added on a master's in um, literacy and also integrated indigenous um, education, which is really, really unique and, and exciting for our campus. Um, SKC offers a real, I think we're really, oh, was that Barb? Yeah, Barb's, Barb's yeah, working. Barb's Welcome, here. Barb. We're all worried about you. Oh, <laughs> Just keep going, Leanne. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> oh, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you got on. Um, so one, of, I think one of the real, really unique things that we do at SKC is that we, especially in our education department, but also across the campus, we, um, we have embedded culture and language into our degrees, and that's part of our mission and vision here at SKC. And we've, so some of the work that has been done even previous to me coming is um, re-scripting re the, the sciences to reflect um, place-based culture and the knowledge, the traditional knowledge that's been here for a really long time um, and built that into some of our courses. Our students are required to take a, a year of language in, in either the Salish or the Kootenai language of their, you know, either one that they choose, um, because we know that language and culture is as a reflection of our identity. And um, like many tribes, we're at a kind of critical critical spot for that. So we, we've embedded that right into our degree plan. And um, I think that we really try to look at build in cultural understanding into our classes and incorporate community people that can share that place-based knowledge and, and understand the place, um, whether it's a person from this tribe or a, a visiting tribe that they can learn about our place and, and also reflect on their own home practices and, and the place that they live as well. So I think those are some of our unique parts that we have at Salish Kootenai College. That's awesome. Barb, uh, I had such a great intro for you too and uh, with our technical, but Barb is, uh, Fabre is the CEO of Indigenous Visioning and All Nations Rise and is an enrolled member of White Earth Ojibwe Nation. And uh, we're always uh, so happy to have you on, Barb. Uh, what a great program. It sounds like Lee's running up there. Yes. Uh, I had the pleasure of visiting um, her center with the Bipartisan Policy Center last fall with Linda Smith, the director of their early childhood um, initiative at the Bipartisan Policy Center. And it was an amazing visit. I was in awe. Um, we all were in awe all week. And we did the documentary, which can be found on the Bipartisan Policy Center website. Wow, that's exciting, and uh, uh, you know, to col to collaborate is just a, a beautiful thing. Um, do you guys have uh, any stories that show the success of implementing like this curriculum? And I know that's been going on. You've been working hard on this, both of you, for years. Um, Lee, do you have anything that you could uh, share here? Sure. I, when I was looking, thinking about that. Um, I was thinking about the curriculum that we've kind of began to hybrid at the our lab school, the SKC Early Learning Center, and um, we've we've it's always a work in progress, but we we continue to look for 
practices that that we feel like are going to best meet the needs of our students and our families. And so we've done a little bit of um, high scope. We do a little bit of Montessori. We do. Um, we're always trying to work on culture and language in our program. And so that's sort of, uh, I think, a unique we have that opportunity and freedom to fix that curriculum to to meet our needs. Let's talk more about that after this short break. Uh, really excited. Uh, we're, you know, hanging out with Little Moments Count and Barb uh, Fabre and Leanne. And uh, we're going to talk more about early education. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hi, I'm Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call because we don't like to see anyone in pain. And we'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, y'all, this uh, episode of Native Ritz Radio is uh, presented in partnership with Little Moments Count, and we're here with Barb Fabre and Leanne, and we're talking education and early education and how much that really affects our little ones. And uh, I, I, you know, this is always being a former teacher this is always a uh, an awesome show barb for for me to listen and to to hear all the great work that you're doing and and also leanne what she's doing uh, out there uh, let's talk a little bit more about you know the curriculum and and how how that curriculum that you two work with really serves our little ones our native little ones sure um so in early childhood, especially in Indian country, uh, it's really important to have a, a good curriculum, a curriculum that helps our kiddos um, be excited about reading, um, writing, learning. Um, so we're creating lifelong learners. And we know in Indian country, our, our babies need the best of everything. So high quality early childhood is that. And you know, and often we indigenize um, Western, westernized curriculum to fit our needs in our classrooms. And then we um, integrate it and immerse our culture and our language. And there's a lot of wonderful programs out there that are doing a lot of innovative things around that. 
But um, I'd love to have uh, Leanne share what they do at their center. Sure. I, you know, I think Barb, you hit on an important part too of that, that need to in, you know, indigenize the, the Western curriculums that we sometimes are told that we have to use or, or that are available. Um, we, you know, it really is something that we were working on constantly, I think at the, um, on our campus. And, you know, for an, an example, we were able to, through one of our, um, programs here at SKC, we had a native language teacher who needed to do student teaching and we were lucky enough to get her. And when she um, did her practice in our center, she really brought a whole nother level of culture and language into the classroom with the children and the teachers um, gathering natural plants and learning about life cycles, um, the respect of the drum, um, different kinds of morning, you know, different kinds of songs and morning songs. And just really, I feel like um, vitalizing our teachers also, you know, and, and getting them excited about different ways of bringing that into the classroom. And, and I think it's, um, it's always, it takes a lot, you know, it just takes work and, and dedication to continue that. We're lucky at our department in education here that we, we recently added on um, a culture and language um, specialist that's going to continue to help us grow even in our education department and embedding into our curriculum that will prep teachers, you know, from early childhood to secondary and um, into our two master's programs. Um, what a great opportunity that we have that support right in our building and, and can continue to, to share that out with people. Wow, that that's exciting, uh, Barb. And uh, you know, one of the things too is, I think Leanne was just explaining how important, you know, uh, and what does tribal provide in childcare mean? That that was uh, a great definition, Barb. Yeah. Well, you know, we need to level the playing field. We've got, you know, we're, you know, our communities, um, our tribal communities are dealing with a lot of issues. Historical trauma is the main one, which often, you know, has initiated the education gap. And, you know, communities are, are hurting and families are hurting. So we need to do everything we can to level that playing field. And we start with early childhood. And much like um, little moments count, you know, it's adding uh, those teaching moments wherever we can. And we do that with our curriculum. We do that with our culture, our language. Um, you know, there's a lot of great resources. Little Moments Counts has on their website is wonderful resources for parents and educators. Um, on the Bipartisan Policy Center, if you're an advocate and want to learn more about tribal childcare, go to the bipartisanpolicycenter.org and learn how you can get involved and help um, children in your community. And, but it, it's, um, you know, early childhood is so important. You know, it gives, helps improve social skills. Um, it's linked to greater successes in life when kids have a good early childhood start. You know, early childhood is childcare, it's Head Start, it's preschool. Um, so it's a lot of different forms. Um, and it gives parents the freedom to go to work or school. Um, and early intervention, we're able to catch things early on before they become something. So earlier intervention services um, between birth and five is so critical because that can help, you know, that can really change their trajectory of their life if they don't have early intervention services. So it, it, there is a lot involved in early childhood and a lot of programs try to hit all those important pieces. So um, yeah, I'm, you can tell we're, we're passionate about it because it's so critical. Well, what I liked was the story Leanne said about a young one coming to uh, do her teaching and bringing young blood in that probably, you know, from my experience being 61 years old, that they have more culture than I was brought up with in a lot of ways. And, and hearing young ones coming in and being excited about teaching 
what they know uh, traditionally. Yeah, I think, Robert, building on that, you know, that representation matters. And for our identity beginning at such a young age, for young children to be able to hear um, their language or, or learn about their language and, and see themselves reflected and honored in their learning spaces is really an important gift that we can offer. And um, Barb, Barb hit it. There's so much to it. And we really need to think about how we can invest better in early childhood for, for families, all families to have access to that service. And it's such an important part of that foundation. And the challenge that we're having also is just supporting teachers, right? It's very often women of color that are doing those jobs and um, they're challenged by being able to um, live and take care of their families while also doing that really critical and sacred work of caring for and educating our young children. So I think that's the other part we really hope to continue to advocate for as well. Yeah, definitely. And Barb, uh, is there other ways that uh, we want to see the program change uh, to the needs of your community? Is, there, is, it, is it flexible like that? Yeah, the community can support the early childhood programs. Um, they can get more people, uh, you know, help the, the tribe recruit childcare providers and educators and help um, create, you know, uh, support, cultural support to those early childhood programs. So there's a lot, you know, in tribal, the tribal um, leaders support is important. So you know, childcare is really a, a critical and if, if piece of a community in successful economic development. So we need to have those pieces in our community. So the community could gather around your early childhood programs and say, what do you need? What are your challenges? You know, and learn about their successes because, you know, they're taking care of our future leaders, our future teachers, our future um, president. So, um, you know, that's pretty important and they do need your support. Well, uh, before we get going here, I just want to remind everyone we're, we're really excited to partner with Little Moments Count and host these conversations on early childhood development. And we do this monthly and we have a guest and Barb comes in and helps us really facilitate in a good way what, what's going on. And I, I just I want to ask you both this, but First, Leanne, I want to say thanks for coming on, but how can listeners find out more about what you're doing? And then I'm going to ask Barb the same thing. You bet. I can share um, our SKC website information and also my email and um, one of my coworkers' emails that the work that we're doing through um, our TCU Head Start Partnership and Kellogg and EEIC that is really helping us um, do this work, but I can certainly share um, our website and our contact information. Well, give it a shout out because we are radio. And uh, okay. just... <laughs> all right. So skc.edu is our main uh, website for Salish Kootenai College. And I can be found on that website and also my email, which is going to be long um, L E I G H A N N underscore. C-O-U-R-V-I-L-L-E at skc.edu. Well, Barb, thanks for coming on. We know your website here is Little Moments, uh, Little Moments Count, uh, www.littlemomentscount.org. Uh, Thank you so much, Barb and Leanne. Nice to meet you. Thanks Good a to lot see for you. having me. Good to see you, Barb. <laughs> All right, right on. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex, you make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families 
with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612-919-5526, 612-919-5526, or autotech.org. Hey, Minnesota, it's Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, and host of the Bradcast, weeknights at 7 on AM 950. The Senior Linkage Line is a free statewide service of the Minnesota Board on Aging in partnership with Trellis. I have volunteered with seniors nearly 15 years working alongside their compassionate team. I am honored to partner with Trellis as we help our elders find housing, compare costs of Medicare prescriptions, and learn how to avoid fraud and scams targeting seniors. We help our elders optimize well-being as they age, and we can help you too. Reach out today at trellisconnects.org. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. Hi, this is Ken Hakeland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our live call-in talk show airing every Saturday from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights you need to know to live and age well. Each week, we talk with guests who provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and self-care for caregivers, and help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one on AM 950 for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 34, then rain and snow on Thursday with temperatures around 30. The Electric Fetus is having a pre-inventory store-wide sale now through Sunday. Take 20% off almost everything in the store. The Electric Fetus is located at 2000 South 4th Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at electricfetus.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, it is. Hey, Zoe, thanks a lot for being on. As always, uh, we're gonna we were mixing it up a little bit today, but I know uh, I have a, a video you sent me, and I'll be playing the audio. But maybe what you can do, uh, Zoe, is set it up. What what's happening? Uh, I think people are vaguely like myself, kind of with all the things going on in the Biden administration and him think setting himself up to be a centrist and working, uh, running for re-election. There's a lot of weird stuff going on, Zoe. Right. Yeah. And a lot of contradiction, you know, um, Biden's uh, presidential campaign originally ran on um, one of the biggest issues he talked about um, was that, you know, he was trying to get us moving towards clean energy, trying to reduce, you know, carbon emissions. And so um, his decision on Monday is leaving um, quite a lot of people pretty 
uh, stumped and um, even more people uh, really distraught and angry. Um, So for our listeners who don't know, on Monday, President Biden um, approved the controversial project on um, Alaska's petroleum-rich and remote northern slope. Um, So basically, the Willow Project um, is a proposed uh, pipeline that is going to be put through the northern slope of Alaska. And, you know, this is on land that is um, heavily used by um, indigenous peoples in the surrounding area, um, predominantly for hunting grounds, um, hunting and gathering grounds. Um, So similar to like the Line 3, uh, you know, pipeline that went through Minnesota, Um, only four hours north of um, Minneapolis up in White Earth, where I'm from, Um, this this land that the pipeline is going to go through is going to greatly and deeply affect the indigenous communities surrounding it. Um, So it's really important for everyone out there, um, all our listeners, to understand the, the weight of this issue and that while it might be all the way up in Alaska, it's definitely going to affect you know, um, the U.S. carbon emissions for years and years and years to come. So it's it's a pretty scary thing that's happening right now, you know, Robert, across yeah. across Turtle Island. Yeah, so. and uh, our relatives are, are going to be dealing with Line 5 in Wisconsin. Um, it just keeps coming and coming. And then people that we thought uh, we were allies with are turning their backs on us, and it sounds like the same old thing. So... We're concerned and upset, and uh, I wonder, Zoe, if you mind, we got that one video, and I I have the audio ready to boot up if you wanted to uh, introduce this. Yeah, so basically, um, one of the first things I watched about this um, project, which which was a really well-done video from Evergreen Action, Um, and so they're just talking about, it's about a two to three minute long video, they're just talking about what is the Willow Project and how do we stop it. Um, they give some really key information and, you know, this is a radio show, so you're not getting the visuals if you're listening, but, um, if you want the visuals, just, um, search up on YouTube after the show, what is the Willow Project and how do we stop it? Um, and that's, that was posted by Evergreen Action. So yeah, really informative. Let's take a listen. show you something that blew my mind. These are industrial chillers. They can freeze the ground solid. ConocoPhillips, the oil company, is installing them to protect their equipment at a planned drilling site in Alaska called Willow. They say they need to refreeze the ground because the Alaska permafrost is melting. The permafrost, which is never supposed to melt. The Arctic is actually warming four times faster than the rest of the world, and the Willow Project could make it so much worse. This is my friend Mattia. She's a policy lead at Evergreen, and I lead up our Freedom from Fossil Fuels policy beat. So because of climate change, the Arctic is melting, Yep. and ConocoPhillips wants to refreeze it to drill for more oil, which will cause more climate change, which will speed up the melting. Exactly. The Willow Project is ConocoPhillips' plan to extract millions of barrels of oil from Alaska's fragile Western Arctic. It's the biggest oil project currently proposed on federal land. They want to build hundreds of miles of pipelines, five drilling sites, a gravel mine, 250 oil wells, and an airstrip. Obviously, this would be a disaster for the climate. Yeah, so if ConocoPhillips is allowed to drill at Willow, it could pump about 287 million metric tons of climate pollution into the atmosphere. That's about as much pollution as the annual emissions from 76 coal-fired power plants. Drilling that much oil is completely out of step with President Biden's climate commitment to cut carbon pollution in half by 2030. People are already suffering the effects of the climate crisis, but ConocoPhillips is promising their shareholders that Willow is going to bring in a ton of money for years to come. They think that they can just keep drilling more oil, and when the planet gets warmer, they'll just refreeze the Arctic to keep drilling even more oil, all to keep making money. But we can still stop them. There's some good news here, Hannah. If Biden rejects the permit, that's it. The project's dead. Since this project is planned on federal public lands, it needs to be approved by the Department of the Interior, specifically the Bureau of Land Management. President Biden needs to use his executive authorities, the things that he can do without any help from Congress. Thousands of people have already called on President Biden to stop the Willow Project. 
And now we need you. Call on President Biden and his Bureau of Land Management to reject the Willow permit once and for all. Visit evergreenaction.com slash willow to submit a comment. Oh, wow, Zoe, did I hear that right? Uh, they're freezing and refreezing the land in order to get... <laughs> what in the heck? Yeah, that that's what really um, also just totally shocked me. I, I was just like so contradictory, <laughs> you know, like why, why are we refreezing land when the whole reason we're in the conundrum in the first place is due to, you know, gas emissions and fossil fuels. Um, so it's just, you know, I, I think a lot about how, you know, our elders speak about colonialism and the, the impact it's had on us as a people in a society and um, how, you know, they really took our values and our whole worldview and flipped it upside down and backwards. And it just feels like this is such a, you know, an example of that upside down backwards thinking um, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it really just doesn't right. make sense. Um, and we're kind of in a pigeonhole right now as a country because, you know, in order to move forward with, um, you know, renewable energy and reducing carbon emissions, um, we're having to choose from two evils, it seems like, you know, they're one, they're trying to reduce, you know, our involvement with, um, you know, foreign oil um, through this project, especially. And then two, you know, the Biden administration is very, very adamant about trying to um, get more, uh, you know, battery operated cars, you know, that reduce right the gas consumption. Um, but in order to make those batteries, yet again, um, right. they have to encroach and destroy native lands. Um, you know, Ogama and I have reported on a few times here about the, um, oh, the Thacker Pass mine in Nevada. And so all of this is happening at the same time. And it's just, it's just really incredible to think about um, how many how many indigenous lands are being encroached upon and for what reason, you know, for 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 a reason that we are supposed to support, you know, a green economy. But there is a huge dark side to that green economy. And, you know, greenwashing right. itself is such a dangerous thing that we're we as indigenous people have always had to contend with, but are especially having to contend with now. And just a reminder for people, greenwashing is, you know, a strategy that, you know, governments and uh, companies are using now to um, kind of justify whatever means they're taking um, in the in the under the guise of renewable energy. Um, when really, if, if you do further research, you can find out that a lot of the projects that are being um, approved right now are going to do more harm to the environment long term than they are, um, you know, that they're saying yeah, so they are. So. Zoe, so I, I've seen some uh, videos out there. Again, I don't have a, a aluminum foil on my head. I've been kind of researching this <laughs> stuff too. But if you have uh, to follow, there's an old saying, follow the money, where a lot of these things have come out of, uh, it'll blow your mind, whether it's, uh, you know, it made me think of what when you were talking about that term, that you know who's running this term i mean you know we need hemp batteries for sure and i'll tell you one yeah. thing too when i was at wounded knee one of the big things that were being talked about and we thought we were over this in one way was the mining of the black hills well they're coming mm. in big time now because of all these minerals whether it's for the phones or whether it's for uh uh, you know, the batteries, this is all revving up again. And I just can't believe what's old is new. And it's, how does, you know, I, when you were talking, I just think how in the heck do you feel and your generation feel about this? This is like, uh, insane. Yeah. I mean, it's ecological genocide to put it simply, you know, um, and it's something that, every year, especially the younger generation, is becoming more and more used to. I mean, I think about 
some of the young people I know up in White Earth who are doing incredible amounts of activism. And they are, you know, they're kids. They're like 13, they're 14, and they're out on the front lines of these movements advocating um, because to have a child speak about these issues is so incredibly powerful. It's just really, really unfortunate. It has to get to that level that, you know, we can't just sit and listen to an indigenous elder or or even just a scientific expert too and and trust that they know what they're talking about and you know put our faith and belief behind them we have to now bring children into these issues so that people can have some semblance of empathy um and i also just think it's really important to mention that um you know this is a project that is going to create jobs um for people in the area but it's going to be only about 2,500 temporary jobs and i know that that was a huge um thing that Enbridge especially um, advocated for with the line three that they would create so many jobs. A lot of those jobs are going to leave as soon as the pipeline is finished. So we can talk about more of that after the break, but good segue. Hey, we'll be right back with Zoe Allen and um, Robert pilot. We're discussing some disgusting things and we'll be right back after this short break. Hey, stay with us, please. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Well, here we are again, and I gotta tell you, Jim, this match has me really concerned. Here we have a powerful heavyweight, a train, weighing in at 6,000 tons, and this hasty lightweight challenger, a car, at just one and a half tons? This does not bode well for the car, or the people in it. It's no contest. Every day, people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. This is Winona LaDuke of Honor the Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Clinic, honoring health and tradition. Hey, and also howling for wolves, uh, you know, uh, protecting wolves for future generation there, Zoe. How? Oh, I know it's different when Wendy's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Hey, uh, Zoe, let me read a couple comments here from our our listeners here. Um, uh, Nina says Biden's caving in on us. Uh, And then she also howled, too, with us. Thanks, Nina. And... uh, uh, you know, and, and Santina talks about uh, the love for money is the root of all evil. And, uh, you know, there's a representative that uh, is working against her own people. And I wanted to touch base a little bit on what we were ending with there, Zoe. And I remember when Line 3 was happening, they were talking about 7,000 jobs. And those 7,000 jobs were from people all over the country and the few jobs that were happening with our native community were part-time, no health care, and very minimal costs, so they could say that they had uh, 
Native Americans up there working for them, and it, it was, uh, oh, a, again, a big sham. Oh, a complete sham, and it's also just really, it's just a whole nother level of evil to predate on an already economically disadvantaged community. Um, I remember because, you know, my, I live up, well, my parents live up in White Earth and I've grown up there for, you know, 10 plus years. Um, I remember receiving a, uh, you know, some propaganda in the mail from Enbridge trying to get, you know, pe local people to work for them. And with all this promises, you know, all these promises and um, such a really well done flyer and I just remember thinking about how many young men in the area are going to probably pursue working for Enbridge just because there's really not a, any other job prospects you know um, and while it might be some quick money for them to help them pay bills or whatever they need you know it's it's a temporary thing and you know they were very ostracized by the community for doing so um, which just adds another layer of complexity to the whole issue. And so we see this happen anywhere a pipeline goes through. You know, they prey on the local community um, mm -hmm. in, a, in a lot of ways. And I know uh, Line 3 Enbridge, they also um, worked really hard to try and get Park Rapids support um, by promising that they would, you know, help them with some infrastructure things. And so it's just at every level they're trying to leverage power and manipulation in order to have free range on these pipeline projects you know we know that they're mm -hmm. done often without all the permits being passed without proper consultation from tribal nations um, who are nations who are sovereign you know bodies that should have just as much say um, but of course we know we know the history very well um and so yeah it's just it's just a really horrible thing and not to even mention man camps i mean that was yeah. a huge thing i i remember talking to um the McAllister uh board of trustees about our my school's involvement with enbridge because we were actually um uh we you know we had money in enbridge and so a lot right. of students rallied together to call out the board of trustees it's like you know you can't you can't say you're here to support indigenous students when you're actively participating in genocide. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's really demeaning um, as indigenous people to continue to have to, you know, you know, plead for such simple things like our, the protection and safety of the water, of our women, of our children and of our men. Um, yeah. And, you know, and this and the community that is going to be most impacted by this is um, up in Alaska is the sovereign Inupiaq people. Um, right. And so they went actually and stood at the White House um, and demanded, you know, stood stood up there face to face, demanded that President Joe Biden, um, you know, uphold his promises to um, push right. for green energy and to not approve any more oil pipelines i mean i mean i'm not sure if he made that direct promise but he spoke so so much about it he might as well have you know right um, you, you know zoe it, it's interesting too i just want uh to touch base because we have so many listeners in wisconsin that line five is happening there and what happened here in line three that you touched on i also remember here in minnesota that you know these people all over the country were making all this money to come in and put in these pipelines and then they were staying at homeless shelters so the real homeless people couldn't get in there because they didn't want to pay for uh, renting an apartment i mean it goes on and on mm -hmm. and on about uh, the disrespect for the community the water the people um mm -hmm. all over the almighty dollar mm -hmm. absolutely and i can't remember who said it but i remember uh reading an article once and an indigenous activist was just stating that, um, you know, if you ever want to know what's happening to indigenous women, look at what's happening to land, you know, it's right. always, we're so, we're so intricately, intricately like connected to each other. And um, so our MMI, MMIW issues and MMIP issues are just as much at the forefront of this issue Um as anything else. So it's important to also bring that into the conversation um, due to, you know, the man camps that come in and 
can completely decimate communities um, through sexual abuse. Um, we've seen that at Standing Rock. We've seen that at Line 3. There's actually a huge um, sex trafficking or human trafficking ring that was busted in, yep. in connection to Line 3. Um, yep. We covered and that, so- and that was unbelievable, sickening, and it was a thing that people like Winona LaDuke were uh, saying that it would come, that this would uh, – right. and, it, and it ended up happening, which – is sickening and sad to hear, but uh, that these man camps brought all this this baggage and garbage to our indigenous communities. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, these issues aren't, you know, they're really complicated. Um, like some of our commenters have said, there, there are, you know, Alaskan Native people who are in support of this project um, because, again, they have communities that, that need, you know, finances for infrastructure, for public schools, for, you know, food. Um, You know, I don't know if you've ever been up to Alaska, but the food cost there alone is ridiculous. I mean, I think I read it was about, could be about, right now it's about like $13 for like a bag of cheese, you know? I mean, we think we have it bad in Minnesota and we do with, you know, inflation, but I mean, they're all the way up there. And so they rely heavily, the indigenous people, um, of Alaska rely heavily on hunting rights, um, being able mm-hmm. to supplement their groceries with, um, you know, the animals that they're able to kill. And um, a lot of those animals in um, that huge area of the northern, northern borough um, are going to be, you know, put at risk also, especially our water animals, our water relatives, right. um, such as seals, um, you know, lots lots of lots of animals are going whales. to whales um yeah whales um who are really sacred animals to mm-hmm. alaska native people also and have their own ceremonies around them um and have every right to be able to hunt and fish in those areas and so yeah we'll, we'll just keep updating you guys on this project as it develops you know it's not over yet um you can still call on biden um, and leave him a message that, you know, you're disappointed in this presidency and want him to put an end to this, um, you know. Those those things work. And uh, thanks, Zoe, for your input and um, really uh, great perspective of what's going on in Turtle Island. And I just want to say thanks to you and Little Moments Count today. Um, if you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground on which we stand on is sacred ground, it's the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, or run for office. We're still here. Remember, Dan- Daniel just said up here, never trust the Washichus. Uh, we do agree with that today. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Native Roots Radio. Free Leonard Peltier now.